My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. If you are just joining me now, my name is Ryan Miner. You're listening to a Minor Detail podcast. It is Sunday night, September the 13th. It's Grandparents' Day, folks. And today, you know what I did? Kimball and I went to Hagerstown, and I saw my two grandparents. And that was great. My, for you. Well, my granddaddy's 95 years old, and my grandmother is 88 years old. They just had birthdays this summer. Granddad was born in 1925, and my grandmother was in 1932. And, you know, for being 88 and 95, respectively, they're doing okay. My grandmother, unfortunately, suffers from Alzheimer's, and uh, it's getting worse. But uh, we are blessed to have her and to enjoy those moments with her. And uh, we're, we're blessed. That's all I can say is that uh, you, you are blessed. You Take put, advantage of it. You put the world into perspective, and you realize that what really matters is, is family always family. Mm -hmm. So I did that today. And if you're tuning in now, you can please, please, please visit aminordetail.com. Subscribe to our newsletter by visiting aminordetail.com slash newsletter. We do Maryland politics. We do news. We do commentary. We're independent, nonpartisan. Also, I would encourage you to subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Wherever you get your podcast, I am on all of those mediums, and we are really growing. So I have the newsletter, aminordetail.com, which I send out in the mornings, and it comes to your inbox. I promise you I won't, I won't spam you. It's all about politics and news, and what better story to talk about than old Montgomery County, where I live, where Kimblin Prasad lives, and tonight I have the chair of nine districts for MoCo, and we're going to talk about what the movement is, how it got started, the the process to which they were able to secure a ballot initiative, and then we're going to go into, uh, you know, some of the background about what the heck is happening right now. Kimlin Prasad, welcome to a Minor Detail podcast for the first time. Well, thank you for having me. You bet. I'm excited. And look, I'm testing out this brand new mic that I got tonight. Okay. So this is a, um, for anybody who is listening, and I know this is very geeky. I'm, I'm being such a geek right now. This is a Neumann, it's a German-made microphone, and it's a, it's a Neumann TLM 103. So any, any future podcasters out there listening, this mic is awesome. And it's the same mic that Howard Stern uses, and I love Howard Stern. So he, I... I went through a bunch of different microphones and uh, test this one out. It better work because I paid enough for it. So, Kimblin, we're not here to talk about microphones. We're here to talk about what the hell is happening in Montgomery County. And it looks like you are in the spotlight for that. Tell me, nine districts for MoCo. The, the effort, uh, 
as your website states, which is 9districtsformoco.org, that Montgomery County has outgrown its county council. It's time to realign the council so all residents, regardless of where they live, have a representative on the county council. The basics of this is is that you want to, and several other people, want to eliminate at-large districts and instead separate them into nine individual council districts. It's a concept that's been long discussed in Montgomery County, but you took the action to make it happen. We're going to talk about how it got on the ballot in that process. But Kimlin, why don't you first introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, a little bit about your civic activism, and any details, any minor details that you want to share about yourself so people can learn just who's behind this effort for Nine Districts for MoCo. Well, Kimlin Prasad, and I live in Wheaton, and I am the most reluctant activist you will ever want to meet. Um, I'm extremely shy. I don't like public speaking. And somehow I have gotten myself involved in a lot of different community situations. The first one being the Wheaton Library hmm. and the battle that ensued, battle, 10 years <laughs> battle to make sure that our library didn't move from its current location to downtown Wheaton, where they wanted to make sure, um, or they thought that a public library was the way to increase business. And so we we fought that for 10 years. Um, And then I had to turn around and fight again to make sure that we had an interim library. So, I've also worked on the Wheaton Coalition. I was co-founder of the Wheaton Coalition, co-founder of Save the Wheaton Library. Uh, Most recently worked on, uh, they had this great idea of, Wheaton is an arts and entertainment district. And what they wanted to do was to put a six foot fence uh, down the middle of Georgia Avenue Mm. in, uh, in the name of pedestrian safety. So we had to go up against the county and the state regarding that. And I also worked on term limits and was on the fourth district police advisory committee. Wow. So you've been doing this for a while. Are you born and raised in MoCo or are you a transplant like a lot of us are? Transplant. Okay. Where'd you come from? Illinois. Illinois. Well, Illinois. A good state. Illinois. Soybeans. Soybeans. It kind of reminds me of where I grew up in Western Maryland in Hagerstown. And, you know, it's a it's a rural area, so it was a bit of a, a change, so to speak, for right. for us to move here. And my wife grew up in, in Reisterstown, so, you know, we're country folk. <laughs> we, uh-huh. You know, we're just uh, hardworking, middle-class people trying to make a difference in our community, making sure our kids have the best schools and we can take advantage of, of uh, you know, the resources that are available. And like anyone, I think we are concerned about the direction Montgomery County is moving in and the people who represent us who have often told us that they are in charge that they have a monopoly and you know I got to say this and I want to speak to several several points tonight but one is okay. that you and I talked about this offline that we're we're just people concerned about our community you stepped up and started nine districts for MoCo. 
based on your philosophy, your idea. And there has been so much pushback by the regular crew, the regular right. democratic machine, the regular political machine. And, but you are unfazed by that. And I know it's probably been tough some days, you, you, understanding that you weren't sure what was going to happen with the ballot initiative. And I want, us, I want you tonight to walk through the process. But my first question to you, tell me about how you thought this idea out. What was the impetus? What was spurred you to say, I have to do something. I have to take action. And I don't believe I was represented. Was it a specific incident or what led you or what specific incidents led you to form this organization and then get a ballot initiative? Well, I wish I could take the credit for it, but really it was the Montgomery County Civic Federation back in 2004. So I can't take the credit for this this uh, idea, but I did take the baton and move it forward. Um, this is nine districts has been floating around for, for, for years. It comes up in front of the Charter Review Commission every few years. And um, what made me want to do it was this conversation. I was a co-founder of the Wheaton Coalition, and I wanted to invite um, the county council members to come out and see the living conditions, the, the quality of life, how our quality of life was affected by these, these deplorable living conditions. And I wanted to invite the, the council members, and it was my responsibility to do that. And I called council member Hans Reamer, and he told me that he needed to get permission and I, I laughed because I thought he was joking. I'm like, what do you mean you need permission? You mean, you know, permission from who? He goes, well, I need permission from the district, Nancy Navarro. And I go, well, she's not your mom. Why do you need a permission? And he's like, well, that's just the way that it worked. And I didn't believe him. So I called council member George Leventhal who confirmed it. And the only, and I called council member um, uh, Nancy Florine who confirmed it. And I'm just like, you know, if we need, and then later on, I, when I was telling this story to the Charter Review Commission, Evan Glass came and told me that this is proper protocol for the at-largest to get permission. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If our at-large who are supposed to be representing us, we are their constituents, need permission from the districts to do anything for us, to even come into our communities to check on their constituents, what is the purpose of having at-large? There's no reason to have them. Why don't we make it all districts and, and work it like that? Why do we need districts managing their districts and managing the at-large? The current county council, as your website says, is comprised of five district representatives and four at-large representatives. Correct. This may have been a reasonable structure. In 1990, you wrote, when the population was some 700,000 residents concentrated down county. And since then, the population of Montgomery County has grown to more than 1.1 million residents, and most of that growth has been in the up-county population. Kimberlyn, as we spoke today offline, we talked about county council representatives are essentially representing a, a congressional district and a half. Mm -hmm. We have, in Montgomery County, more people than I think five or six U.S. states. And <laughs> do, do you see an at-large representation having an inability 
to effectively represent the entire population. What say you? Oh, absolutely. You, you see, it, you see it every single day. Um, there's no when during the elections when they're when they're out campaigning, they cannot get out to uh, one million people, over a million people. So what they do is they they look at the numbers and they look at who votes. And of course, at large has limited amount of money, right? So they have to get the biggest bang for their buck. So what does that mean? Is that those communities that doesn't give them the votes, that doesn't elect them, they don't. They spend very little time there during the the campaign. So the majority of their time is spent in the down county area because you get your bigger bang for your buck down here, down in the down county area. Wow. And so it, these are the people who elect them. These are the people who can hold them accountable, period. What What would you consider Down County? Where does Down County begin? Uh, Down County is anything south of Montrose Parkway. No, that's fair. Uh, would you consider Potomac Down County? No, that's no, 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 not really. Okay. Not, I don't, well, no. it's it's a large county. and It is. It's like 500 something miles. <laughs> It's a, it's a large, large county, and oh, there's many positive attributes to living in Montgomery County, namely the schools, and there's, uh, there's, the people are are generally nice. Uh, I've seen some of the people who have attacked this movement and have attacked this organization, and let's face it, let's talk honestly tonight. When you, when you first came up with this idea, and when you were putting this to action, fruition, collecting the ballot signatures. You needed, what, 10,000 ballot signatures? 10,000 good ballot signatures, correct. Yeah, and so when you began that process, have you ever previously put together a ballot initiative? Absolutely not. Yeah. No idea what I was doing. So another question is you and your motivations have been questioned. For the audience who are listening... Tell people your voter registration status and tell people, I mean, obviously uh, that that has come up. People have associated this movement with, I guess, a, a Republican uh, plan, plot. I don't know what you would call it, but um, right. Kimberlyn, tell, tell a little, tell the audience just who you are. <laughs> I'm a hardcore, well, this is what I learned. I'm a Democrat. But I'm a hardcore Democrat. That like they have all these different things, soft. But I'm a hardcore Democrat. I, I vote every election, and I vote straight Democrat every election. So I'm a hardcore Democrat. So you, <laughs> you're a Democrat. You're yes. you're from Wheaton. You're which is, I guess, would you consider that Down County? I think it is considered a little bit Down County. Okay. But let me just clarify. We are underserved community, majority Latino blacks, um, Latinos and blacks, um, low voter turnout. So I feel um, uh, a kindership with Up County because we don't, we get ignored as well. We're just lucky that we have a strong district representative. And I feel that everybody should have a strong district representative. Kimblin, when COVID hit back in early March, when things shut down, did you have a moment of reckoning, thinking, oh my God, this is, we're not going to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish? No, I, I mean, honestly, no. 
I felt very um, secure in knowing that we were going to do this somehow, some way, because we were so motivated and we were just waiting for the, we didn't realize it was going to go on this long. Okay. We thought by, you know, June, we would be out and, and ready to get up again. And we, we knew we had all our volunteers in place. People were motivated to get out there and get those signatures and we were going to do it. So I, I never, my biggest concern was um, the database, getting the voter, um, the Board of Elections allowed us to do a petition database. Yeah. You, that was my hugest concern. You've been in media, you've been featured in uh, several Bethesda Magazine articles, Bethesda Beat. You've been yes. featured in plenty of local media. You talked and noted that 70% of the county's population lives in the up-county area, while 30% lives in the down-county crescent. My wife likes to call it the People's Republic of Tacoma Park and the Tacoma, the what is it, the, the, she says the Tacoma Park trapezoid. And <laughs> if you ask my wife, Kimberly, she, I, she can say they can have them, they can stay there. <laughs> she does battle with some of these activists um, because they, they don't, some people in Down County mean well, yet they don't always understand the interests of up county, East County. I mean, look at East County. How much representation does Burtonsville have? Come on. And uh, there's some real merit to this movement. All four at-large members live in Down County. How, how do you think that they, do you, do you get a sense that they are out, I mean, even with the constraints of COVID, even prior to that, did you get a sense that the county or certain areas are being underrepresented. What do you hear from people who pick up the phone or send you emails or text messages or however? What are you hearing on the ground? They're, they're, they don't have a voice at the table. You hear it over and over and over again how they're not being represented. Little things. I, things that you Traffic is a number big issue. But I just recently found out, you know, like Clarksburg had this plan and it had the infrastructure in this plan and people bought into that, into Clarksburg thinking that everything was gonna come. And over a period of time, all that money was siphoned out from the county, by the county council. It was in the CIP plans, CIP projects, and it was siphoned out to fund things that are down here in the down county, which it seems to happen a lot with the CIP, that things are moved around the CIP, taken out, scheduled to be done one year and then taken out to make room for something else usually something down county. So we, you hear a lot of uh, anger and frustration built around that being promised. They would promise, you know, M83 and you know, jobs and, and nothing has, has come to fruition. And so you hear a lot of that frustration in people up county. This issue has been debated before the Charter Review Commission. They've reviewed this numerous times from, what was it, 92 until just two years ago in 2018, you said in Bethesda Magazine that it's a problem that the commission's vote is a recommendation and that the council has the final say on the matter. And right. you told them that we can't expect any government body to govern themselves. You've also gotten some pushback from some of the council members themselves. What What's the reaction to your nine districts for MoCo 
to the reaction to splitting the districts into individual districts. What are you hearing from the council members? Well, their their attitude um, is one of complete disconnect. They're saying that why would you want to have one one representative when you can have five? Well, the reality is that the majority of us don't have five. We only have one. If we have that, there's many people who would argue that they don't even have one. So it's, it's you know, and, and the one is shared. You have only two for 70 percent of, 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 of the upper re- north of Montrose Road and only two representatives. And you have the at largest. They do. Some of them do make treks up there. But um, it's just to check the box. Nothing has come out of it. No, you know, no changes has come out of it, of, of their treks up to up county. Yeah, it's it, that is a concern from folks in Clarksburg. And now in Poolsville, they have a, their own representative in, uh, in District 1. Right. And you would think that there is a equitable distribution or there is certain boundaries and lines. Have you talked about that? Have you come up with an actual plan or your idea of where the boundaries would lie should this get passed? Or does that fall to un- the, the the legislative body? How does that work? Yeah, it, unfor- well, it, it's, it's going to be based on the 2020 census. Mm-hmm. And that is and it's going to be the population... And depending on the population, that is how the, the districts will be um, redrawn, period. They're going to be redrawn regardless every 10 years. Every, yeah, every 10 years, every 10 years, I think they're, they're redrawn. So they will be redrawn in um, next year, which is why this is so important. But we don't have a say. So once, so once we get the, the final results of the census, then the county council puts together a committee who will then redraw the boundaries. But the county council does have the last say. When you hear from people in the community who say they aren't being represented, what does that mean? Can you can you unwind tangibly what that what that feeling is amongst constituents when they say, listen, they're not they're not around, they're not representing us. What is it specifically that they're not being represented on? Or about one of the most um, heartbreaking situations is South Lake Elementary School, and it's a it's a school that's like I think it's ninety percent Black and Latino students, um, low income. I think eighty eight percent are are immigrants. I, I think I, I can't remember the exact numbers. It's a large immigrant community. Um, it's 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 a rodent infestation. Um, 14 portable schools out on the parking lot in, on the property. This is the elementary school that doesn't have bathrooms in the, 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 the trailers. So these children, little children, have to go out to the, um, to the major facility, the building, in order to go to the bathroom. And they don't have enough teachers to escort these kids. Um, so they're in desperate need of a new building. And they were in the CIP, but they were taken out. And it, I spoke with um, the PA, PTA uh, president, and she just, her, her whole attitude is like, we, we don't have representation. If we had someone who would represent us, who could hear us, because we, 
We've been telling you that we've been telling them this for years, years that this school needs help. I mean, it, it's only supposed to hold 600 students and I think it's holding close to almost 900 students. Um, the kids start eating lunch at, at a quarter to 11 oh. just in order to get them all done. And they just feel that they're not being heard that, you know, this is what, this is what, this is racism. It's, it's, it's systemic racism. And they, they're, they're hurt by it. They're, they're concerned for their children. Um, the teachers that work there, what are the health implications, long-term health implications of breathing this, this air that this, these rodents are, have taken over the building? Um, it's, it's, it's not ADA accessible. It's in a wood, so you have it, it, the prostitutes working in the back there, and these are what children see when they're out on the playground. I mean, it's 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 like, are we? This is America. Yeah. This is this is Montgomery County. <laughs> I I want to ask you about some of the reporting regarding the funding of the the organization, and okay. uh, Seven State wrote a piece that talked about seven members of the. Montgomery County Republican Central Committee, which is the governing the governing body of the MoCo GOP, that they've given money to nine districts. That there, I get a sense that there has been reporting pointing to that this is a Republican movement. That this is a that Republicans are exclusively backing that. What say you to? How do you respond? This is a bipartisan, nonpartisan, actually nonpartisan organization. And I have reached out across the aisle in order to get things done. Um, but we need to be honest here. The Republicans, there's only 108,000 Republicans in Montgomery County. There's only about 140 unaffiliated in Montgomery County. There's 400,000 plus Democrats. So the Republicans are not taking over any time in the next century in Montgomery County. They're not taking over. And I don't, I'm actually very proud of the coalition that we have built. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you have to reach across the aisle in order to get things done. Montgomery County is not in good shape. And factually, that's had, true. Yeah, we've had, we've had Democrats give money, Republicans give money. All money is welcome. We are a grassroots effort, and we need everything. Uh, there's, you're also. It's been reported that you're also getting money from developers and unions. And yes. any time you hear the word developer, it's automatically assumed to be bad. That's the characterization, at least I think, I feel when certain council members or activists talk about developers. There's been restrictions placed on developers. What do you say to that about developers and unions funding this effort? Well, once again, I'm very proud of the coalition of, of bringing everybody to the table, table because I believe that's how things are going to be, has to be done in Montgomery County. And so the thought process behind that was that you have bipartisan activists, you have business leaders because they're the ones who, who generate jobs and that's what we need here. 
we are in a situation where we haven't had any significant job growth in over 20 years. I mean, we're we're trailing PG County now. Yeah. Okay. Montgomery yeah. County is now PG County is now looking at us in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need our business leaders in all shapes and forms. The unions are important to us because those are the people who do the job. They're they're there. 365 days of the year doing the job. So it, bringing everybody to the table just made perfectly good sense to me. And, and I'm very appreciative for what they did because they allowed us to get on the ballot during the peak, the peak of the, the, this, this epidemic, the pandemic, they, the, their money allowed us to, to do our website, to do our, uh, uh, to, to, uh, I'm sorry, to do the um, petition on the website. So all of that helped uh, get. What, well, uh, and what I wanted to just say is that, and spot on, I I think that you have so many different coalitions and Seventh State also talked about some of the contributors and Charles Nolson, who is of Washington Property Company, Donated $50,000. UFCW Local 1994 MCGEO gave a $10,000 in-kind donation. Bob Buchanan of Buchanan Partners, $5,000. The Fraternal Order of Police, $5,000. Montgomery County Career Firefighters Association, PAC, $5,000. Arlene Hillerson, $2,000. The Town of Laytonsville gave you $100. Charlie Nolson, as Adam Pagnuco of Seven State reported, is the founder of Empower Montgomery and Bob Buchanan is the former chair of the county's Economic Development Corporation and their longtime regional developers. Adam wrote that the nine districts for MoCo is now revealed as an unholy alliance of developers and unions. Two groups he wrote that often don't see eye to eye. He wrote that the unions are aggrieved at the council's rejection of their collective bargaining agreements, and the developers have long complained about, in their view, the difficulty of doing business in MoCo. Did you reach out directly to them? How? What was your process of soliciting the donations, and or do you have other folks helping you uh, behind the scenes here? No, um, we reached out to them personally. I don't know them. I, it took everything I had to make that phone call to Gino. Hmm. Um, I, um, so yeah, we made the phone call and asked. Well, that takes, <laughs> that's not easy. Anybody in politics no, can tell you. You don't know them. Yeah. Anybody in politics, <laughs> especially. And then you say, Hey, I don't know you. Uh, I want to pass this ballot initiative. You've been around for a while. Uh, could you give me some money? It's hard. It's, so, it's ridiculously hard. Is right. there a limit on how much money people can give to this? Uh, it, do you have a pack or what's the financing no. model? No, there, there's no finance. Not that I'm aware of. Um, you can give as much as you want. So I could write a million dollar check. I don't have a million dollars to write. And we would take it. Okay. Cash it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, if I had a million dollars, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'd have to spend it on the kids and some other folks, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly uh, something to consider. It's interesting. I'm, I'm reading another piece by Paul Bessel, who <laughs> is the former chairman of the the Charter Review Commission, and he wrote, with due respect to the members of the MoCo Council, I believe they made a mistake when they voted to put on the ballot the issue of adding two district council members, and he talked about 
The issue of council structure has been studied in detail by five separate review commissions and all recommended that there should continue to be four at-large and five district members. That allows each county voter to vote for a majority of the council members and to turn five different representatives when they wish. Eliminating at-large members would be even worse, Paul Bessel wrote, and he says there's no need to tinker with the council structure. Paul Bessel is a consummate political insider. There isn't a political event that Paul Bessel has missed. He considers himself a sage of local politics. He considers himself to be a well-rounded guy with a lot of political knowledge, and that might be true, but let's just characterize it for what it is. He is a he is an activist. He is an insider. He talks to the same group of 50 people or 100 people who show up at every single other event who are the strong Ds, the longtime Democratic activists who believe that they have some sort of monopoly on how the county is structured. And currently, with this current current uh, county executive, this guy, if you're not really his buddy or his friend and you apply for different uh, county council boards and commissions and whatnot, if, if he doesn't like you, he's not going to appoint you. So, I mean, there's a real insider feeling in Montgomery County. I, I know it personally. If they don't like you, they will make it known. And then you have these wackadoos down in Silver Spring and Tacoma Park who, like, you know, you cross them and they're going to be vicious. I'm sorry. Some of these people are truly wackadoos. And I, I, I don't mean to be unkind, but I've experienced their wrath. They're weirdos. A lot of these people who show up to these things that are so adamantly opposed are people that are truly weird. And it's like, you guys got to get a life. And have you taken any heat? Have you been disparaged? What are people saying on the opposition? Like, what's what's that one item that has gotten under your skin? gotten under my skin but i am um dismayed i i a lot of the insiders i considered friends um so i i i didn't mean to rat i didn't mean to (laughs) <laughs> to knock your friends, but some of no, them are no, 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 absolutely not. Let's have this. Let's have this honest conversation here. Um, I did expect some pushback. Mm-hmm. However, I was I'm really surprised at the bullying from the Democratic Central Committee. Wow. And and I just wasn't expecting it from them. And the fact that the people that I respect. Are following this these the, these bullies um, is these are people who are running going to be running for office. These are people who who are aspiring to be, you know, um, what do you call those people? The the in the Biden's campaign when um, oh I can't even think of it. But, but it's just these are supposedly our leaders in in Montgomery County. Um, being bullies. What kind of bullying are you talking about? Is it online? Is it emails? Oh my God, it's online. It's online. I never... Twitter is a cesspool. (laughs) I just... Oh my God. I had no idea. So you're on Twitter? Yes, we're on Twitter. Uh, And if... uh, You're probably much, much nicer than I am. But I have seen it. I have seen the cesspool. 
to which you refer. And it happened to someone else. It happened to a Board of Education candidate who dared to talk about neighborhood schools. Mm -hmm. He was called, and I'm talking about Stephen Austin, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. And Mr. Austin ran a honest and decent campaign on issues. And a group that he formed met was met with significant pushback by the similar people who are strongly opposed to what you're trying to accomplish. And it was a bevy of unfair attacks, a torrent of nasty, nasty, deeply personal attacks. And it's, you know, even though it's a small crew of people who are really seemingly dissatisfied with their life and have nothing else better to do other than to lob lies and insults at people and screenshot. I mean, there's a couple of them where you're just like, what are you doing all day that you can spend on? <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, no, that's where I, the weirdness comes in. They're not getting personal. They're not getting personal yet. They will. Trust me. They're, these yes. are vicious, um, nasty, hateful jerks. And what do you do to a bully? You stand up to them. And as soon as you do, either they back down or they don't. But you know what? You, you have it, this is how this works. It's sometimes subtle, and I'm seeing this uh, transpire, Kim Kimberlyn. You're seeing this transpire. Then you're going to have more of the uh, the quiet establishment people who are thinking about their political futures to come out, and you're going to have these folks come out, and they're going to form coalitions, and then they're going right. to speak tomorrow morning, and 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 I'm talking about an article that was reported exclusively by the fantastic reporter, Glennis uh, Kazashian, and she reported this through Maryland Matters. She's a freelancer, and she wrote an article that was eye-opening, that was shared hundreds of times on social media. The opening paragraph that was written on September the 10th this past Thursday was an influential and particularly potentially well-founded well-funded, excuse me, bipartisan coalition intent on defeating Montgomery County ballot initiatives that would eliminate at-large county council seats and limit real property tax increases will make its debut Monday, according to a source familiar with the plans. Then she she goes in to unwind what the group's focus will be, which will be preserving the county's current council structure and protecting county revenues during a potential fiscal crisis caused by the COVID-19 epidemic. Um... So there's a group that is now formed. They're apparently going to hold a press conference tomorrow, I think in somewhere. Uh, I, I don't know. Silver Spring maybe at 10 o'clock or 10.15. What's your reaction? What's your response to that? I don't care who they bring out. Um, the bottom line is we're not being represented fairly. That is what it is. This is what it's all about. We deserve, everyone in Montgomery County deserves equal representation, regardless of the zip code they live in. And we do not have that. So they can bring out anybody they want to. It will not change. It will not change anything. We're not being represented, and the people will continue to speak up and out about this. It's not going away. We're not going away. So it, it, bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on. That is a powerful statement. And if you're just tuning in, it is 9.40 p.m. 
on Sunday, September the 13th. It's Grandparents Day. And I am talking to Kimberlyn Prasad. Yes. You know, I keep wanting to say Kimberly because I live with the Kim. Yes, I <laughs> You said it earlier tonight. You go, oh, I like your wife. She's uh, She shares. <laughs> she, my wife speaks out. And listen, when it, when it comes to my wife, is she's the decider. So uh-huh. she, she she runs the show. I don't, you know. We we might have happy our happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. Um, we found out who's who's going to show up tomorrow. That okay. was later reported. So, have you heard some of the folks that are planning to back this uh, anti nine districts group? Have you heard about who they might be? No. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> I'd be happy to. And uh, I am looking at uh, Seventh State. And you're looking at folks like former county executive Ike Leggett, former mm-hmm. Congresswoman Connie Morella, who's a Republican, nonprofit leader David Blair, who ran for county executive in 2018 and lost by 70 some votes in the primary to Mark Elrich. And a Latino tech business owner, Carmen Ortiz Larson, they're going to speak out against the November Montgomery County ballot questions B and D and urge a no vote on both question B. Adam Pagnuco wrote would put an inflexible cap on county property taxes on top of already existing limitations. And question D would eliminate the counties four at-large council seats and replace it with nine individual districts so if you're just tuning in now if you're listening throughout this podcast question d which will be on montgomery county's specific ballot that is the you, you vote yes that means you support the nine districts is that correct right okay all right so yes for d no for c yeah and we're going to talk about that in a moment but these folks are are heavy hitters, the anti-nine districts. And I was a little, honestly, I was a little shocked to see David Blair's name on that list. And Me too, I was really disappointed. Um, not only was I disappointed, it's, um, as you said earlier, I was a bit dismayed. I, I know David Blair. He's a good guy. I don't understand why in this particular case, and many issues that he has been right, and he would have been a fantastic county executive, I think. And if he runs again, we'll see what happens. But I got to tell you, I don't know if he's sucking up to the establishment. I don't know if he truly believes this, but I got to tell you, him being on this um, is not going to win over favor. But maybe he doesn't need it because you need Democrats to win and Democrats control the county. Right. And another criticism that has been lobbed at you and this organization is that we we hear it and they won't say this out loud, but it's subtle, Kimberlin. It's subtle. They are afraid of getting a Republican on the council. They are. They're afraid of it. They think that that a lot of people believe that up county is going to vote for a Republican because there's more Republicans who live up here. Okay. So, I mean, what do you say to that? Is is that fair? I mean, the the well, vote. Yeah. <laughs> they're just fear mongering. I mean, you know what, folks? We got to use we got to use a, just a little bit of common sense here. Okay. Um, once again, there's only a hundred thousand and some change Republicans. There's only a hundred and forty something thousand independents. The districts are going to be made up probably like of a hundred and forty some. I mean, in order to get a Republican district, a Republican area that a stronghold, 
to get a Republican elected, the Democrats are going to have to vote for him. <laughs> so that's the bottom line. You're not Republicans are not going to get anything in Montgomery County without Democrats. Period. Oh. In the discussion. Look what happened we, to Larry Hogan. I mean, come on. Montgomery County, Prince George's, Baltimore. came out full force. I mean, uh, once again, it's just. Yeah. You just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, you're, you're, you're point on. Please can continue. I'm, I, this is, look, you have opened, I think you're opening a lot of eyes tonight. And you're going to, because people will inevitably listen to the podcast. But, it, Here's where I'm hung up, okay. and it's what I'm hung up on is that you have powerful forces coming out against you, against this organization, and they are going to make every argument that has no basis in logic, yeah. and they are going to torment voters and people who may not pay attention to politics or it's peripheral they're going to read the washington post editorial that says vote for none of these initiatives and or ballot questions they're going to read uh they're going to listen to county council members they're going to listen to their state senators who will inevitably and closer to the election drop their email blast and put put out their facebook posts this time i think it's different i really do how many people thought that the I mean, how many people thought that the term limits would pass? A lot of people were worried and concerned that it just wasn't going to pass because the same establishment people, the same machine was pushing hard against it. In fact, the exact same people categorizing this as, you know, a Republican effort and whatever that they want to call it, whatever they want to disparage it as, they were doing it two years ago, three years ago. It's, it's, it's their game plan. We know their book. And what they fail to understand, people, regardless of where they are on the political strata, okay, we're tired. We're tired of not being heard. Our county has been run into the ground. We're $600 million in the hole. We have, our tax base is eroding. Um, we, we, our schools, I, I, our schools, our schools, we used to have the greatest schools. Um, what our jobs, where are our jobs? In order to, in order to go, uh, get a job now, you have Up County going to Virginia, and now you have Amazon going to Virginia. What is that going to look like on the 270? You know, hmm. it's 495 trying to get to, you know, MoCo residents trying to get to Virginia to get, get a job. It's just, We've got to wake up. We can't. It, it, it can no longer be Republican this and Democrat this. We need to come together and understand, and the county needs to understand. This issue isn't going away. It's been around since 2002. With the under, we are not being heard. We are sick and tired of not being heard and being steamrolled by the establishment. The only people happy and the only people who have five voices is the people in Tacoma Park. And that's the honest truth. I've talked to the people in Tacoma Park and I'm like, they're like, why would I want, why would I want to get rid of, I'm happy with my, I get five voices. Of course you get five voices, but the rest of us don't. Do you not care about everybody else? People up, up county whose money and the CIP gets siphoned off every all the time. 
to pay for things down county. I mean, look, we got look, we got the, the Silver Spring debacle we had to pay for, right? Who paid for that? Now you got the purple line. What's going to go on with that? You think the state's going to pay for all that? I mean, that, that money, that's coming to us. Hello. So something else is getting moved out of the CIP to pay for that purple line. Okay. Because we can't leave downtown Silver Spring like that, right? Let me ask you a question. Okay. And you've probably been asked this before, but I just didn't pick up on it. Have you thought about running for office? I have no. I'm not remotely interested in running for office. And that's the beauty. I have nothing to lose. So if the establishment wants to come after me, come for me. Come for me. Because I'm not interested in working in the county government. I'm not interested in running for public office. Um, you know, if I lose friends over this, then we weren't friends to begin with. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because I want to be on the right side of history. I want to be, I'm about equality. I'm about everybody in Montgomery County having a voice and we don't have that right now. We have people not being able to work and a county council is not thinking about anything but themselves. Well, you 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 make a another salient point. What did the council do, Kimberlyn, to attempt to confuse voters? Because I'll tell you right now, they pulled a trick. They pulled a move and a stunt and we're on to them. You know, you want to explain that? The day after we turned in our ballots, they suspended um, the county council the very next day, suspended rules of procedure and had a meeting to um, pass this um, competing ballot referendum of seven districts and to keep their four at largest. There was ne there was never a public discussion or anything. We they they said they said they spoke about it. I this, that was the first time I ever heard about it. Um, so to put it on the ballot, and with a soup of a pen. I mean, we took months, months of agonizing over trying to get our petitions, our signatures for our petitions, and waiting for them to be, you know, certified. And with a stroke of a pen, the county council gets to do a competing referendum one that one that competes against us it's just you know so what so what showing their hands showing that they're not remotely interested in equal representation they're only interested once again saving themselves in their jobs and we saw that before almost four years ago when they gave themselves a pay raise okay and then raised our property taxes now we're seeing it again where they're, they're taking care of themselves and then disregarding us, the people. Well, on the flip side, if we the ballot initiative passes and they we get the nine council members, who's to say it would change up the current calculus of who's on the council, right? I mean, these folks could still run and win in whatever respective district. Now, it's going to be a lot more fun <laughs> to see who comes out, but um, are you hoping for different people to represent us in Montgomery County? I want to see, uh, yes, we want some women. Where's the women? Oh, that's, you know? Amen. Where are the women on there? Where are the Asians? Where Where's their representation? You know, up county, you, 
Montgomery is full of beautiful people, and we need to see that reflected. It's interesting that you say that. Think about it. Think about it. You you know you you, it it, it's in 2018, right? Montgomery County is on the is one of the leading progressive counties in the in the country. We have one woman, one female, on this county council. Eight guys, and one female. Now we have we have blacks, we have whites, we have uh, we have Latinos. But one woman. One woman. Marilyn Balcom almost made it. Almost made it when she ran. But it's even as progressive as Montgomery County seems to be on some issues, we still have a long ways to go. And is it truly representative of everyone? What is it that the county council is doing now to are they playing politics? Are they tr- are they masking this uh, movement as something that is just not? Because what they're going to say, and here's here's what's going to happen, and I'm and I think you already know this because you've mentioned it earlier and alluded to it. What they're going to say is a couple of things. One is they're going to try to say that Robin Ficker's involved. Of course, right? And yes. I don't know what you're. And fr- frankly, I whatever your thoughts on Robin Ficker, it it doesn't. It doesn't phase me because Robin Ficker has been wrong on many things. And Robin Ficker also <coughs> is arguably the most effective activist in Montgomery County in the last 30 years. Think about mm-hmm. it. Every 10 years or so, Robin Ficker comes around and gets something on the ballot. You may not like Robin Ficker's methods, and they are certainly debatable. You may not like Robin Ficker's behavior completely debatable and fair. However, you cannot argue that Robin Ficker is ineffective. Yes, he's run for office several times, and I believe now he's going to run for governor. Who knows what's going to happen? However, Robin Ficker is relentless. And whether he's involved or not, and do you want to just put that on the record? Is Robin Ficker involved in this process and organization? No. And I remember early on, someone did ask me that Mm -hmm. um, when we were in the process of, of getting our signatures, like we were in June. And they're like, is Robin Ficker involved in this? And I'm like, honey, if Robin Ficker was involved in this, his, his these signatures would have been done last year. <laughs> it's like, here, here we are in June running around, you know, at farmer's markets trying to get these signatures. Robin Ficker is not involved in any way, shape, or form. Is it fair to say that Robin Ficker is one of the hardest working activists in this county? You know what, to be honest with you, I don't, I, I'm not a political honcho. I don't even know Robin Ficker. Um, but I think it's amazing that he puts the fear of God. In, 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 you know, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he, I just don't know. How you know he why? He's able to get these signatures, buddy. Again. And he got them in way before this pandemic. He He was done. He was done. By fall. I mean, he didn't have to worry about the pandemic like the rest of us. I'm not defending Robin Ficker. I don't agree with some of his methods in politics. His populist message, however, does resonate among some people in Montgomery County. A lot of people, in fact, think about it. Term limits, They the same people criticized, criticizing this organization also criticize Robin Ficker. 
for, for putting term limits on the ballot. They desperately tried to defeat term limits. Term right. limits were desperately needed. Otherwise, you're going to have the same people with the same access to money, with the same internal connections, and it is the machine. When the machine right. kicks into high gear, they not only they not only win, but they destroy people. They tried to right. do it to Stephen Austin when he ran for Board of Education. And whether you agree or disagree with Stephen Austin's plans, what some of the people involved in the in the machine, some of these people are just bizarro. I mean, it's like mystery science theater. And I'm 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 encouraging anyone who's watching and you know who I'm talking about. You know who some of these people are. You know their social media behavior. It is social media behavior that is so despicable. And they, they hate Trump, and there's a lot to dislike. But they are replicating some of his methods, the way that they bully people. And I'm going to do everything that I can in, in my power and to use this media outlet to call it out because I'm tired of it. I am tired of being told that my voice doesn't matter. Stay where you are. Don't talk because you might have a different opinion than we do. Let me tell you something. What you are doing and the way that you are going about it is upstanding. It is pleasant. You are not a political insider. You are a citizen from Wheaton who got up and said, I'm going to take action and look what happened. You, you collected 16,000 plus signatures. You got them on the ballot. They verified them. Now we have a ballot initiative in Maryland's largest county that could fundamentally alter politics for the next yeah. 30 years. And for yeah. that, you should be proud. And I look, I didn't do it. Uh, hundreds of other people who complain just like I do when we're driving to pick up our overly overpriced cup of coffee somewhere uh you know my wife and i didn't do it we didn't get up off the couch and you know we i I give you a lot of credit you are up against extreme you're up against the machine that will that is going to set out to try to stop you but the more people who understand what you're attempting your 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 mission is not nefarious it's not wrapped up in any uh you know you're not out here with these ridiculous goals and people who are involved are just like us, middle class Montgomery County citizens who get up every day, who go to work and try to make it to help our families, to help our communities. And I give you a lot of credit for doing this because I didn't have the guts to do it. You did. You got up off the couch and you said, I'm going to take action and looky here, look where we are today. And Kimberlyn, I have to tell you, even given this new group that's going to form, that's going to come out and they're going to say what they're going to say tomorrow, and they're going to be polite about it because that's, you're, you know, for the most part, these are good people. Ike Leggett's a good guy. Connie Morella, uh, who's a Republican, I guess that they had to have some semblance of balance and fairness, but Connie, right. Connie Morella hasn't been relevant since 2002. Uh, David Blair, who's extremely relevant, which is surprising that he's joining this. I guess he wants to be county executive and he wants to, I, I mean, my perception is that he wants to bolster his bona fides and get in tight and then run run again and spend a lot of money. I'm just disappointed because I thought better that he would, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't understand it. I like David Blair, but it's, it's just, to me, it's silly. So tomorrow at 10.15, they're going to go out in front of the Dentist Avenue Health Center in Silver Spring. Patrick... Lacefield, who was uh, 
Ike's old press guy, I think, is leading the press operations. Now, they, don't, they won't send me this press release. They don't send it to me because, I mean, I'd print it, but <laughs> they, won't, they won't have anything to do with me. Let me just give you a piece of advice, not that you need it, because let me tell you, you are on the right track. Don't take these people shit. I'm serious. Don't, don't, don't ever back down. Put up the fight. Keep moving forward and put your head down and fight because there's a whole hell of a lot of people out of Montgomery County who see this as a movement and a change opportunity. And if we, you know, bit by bit, we are changing Montgomery County and you're taking on the Democratic machine, you're taking on the the political machine who believes that many of us shouldn't have a seat at the table. Right, right. So what do you, what do you they think? they show us, not just believe, they show us that we shouldn't, we don't have a seat at the table. Every time, so. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they are out to, they are out to maintain control and power right. under their rules and a lot of us are just tired of it. A lot of us are, you know, I'm tired of pick. I'll give you an example. My wife and I, coming back from uh, Clyde's two, four years ago, down in Chevy Chase, we took the kid. This was in 2016. We, my wife was stopped by county police. And county police, because they said that I guess her license or something was expired. She had no idea. And it was about 8.30 at night. It was dusk. It was in the beginning of August. And she was driving a minivan, and, we're, and we were uh, stopped by police. And the police, in this case, and I have great respect for Montgomery County Police. They, I think they do their job. Now, we can talk about police reform. We desperately need that, but we can talk about that another time, and I'd love to have you back. But there was the interaction wasn't overly positive, and... Nothing that we did, but we they had their body cameras on. And so after the incident, my wife and I talked to, I think it was the Bethesda district. And the police chief met with my wife. Couldn't have been nicer. An amazing experience. Resolved it. Even talked to my wife and said, look, this could have been handled a lot better. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. I called my county councilman at the time. I won't say who, but I, I called the county councilman. His office basically shrugged their shoulders and said, you know, there's nothing that we can do. Not, we're not going to, you know, there's really nothing that we can do. Just to ask them to, to talk about it, to, to set up a meeting. This is four years ago. This is not COVID. I right. picked up the phone and out of desperation, I said, I would just like to, to meet with you for 10 or 20. I'm sorry, the councilman's busy. Wow. <laughs> what? I pay taxes wow. down here. My kids go to school here. I support local businesses. I fund this economy. I am every bit of a Montgomery Countyan than anybody else. But I was told they're just too busy. And you know what? At that point, I said, you know, I think I see how things work around here. So I, I feel like many other people do, especially from Clarksburg and other places around the county. I feel disenfranchised. I feel like they don't give a damn about what I think. They don't care. They don't solicit my opinion. I mean, the other night, another example, Will Jawando holds this town hall on school resource officers and policing. It's a notable thing. It's, and it's worthy. We need to have that discussion. We need to have this discussion on policing across America. And we need to be able to speak openly and honestly as a community about race because it's 
quite frankly, I think it's one of the most important and pressing issues in our country facing today. Right. And I don't have to, and look, I don't have to tell you, you're a black woman from Wheaton. I don't, I mean, think about it. I don't, my job right now as a white guy is to sit back and listen. To sit right. back and listen and to understand it and to hear people. Not talk, but listen. And that's, that's so vital. However, people have differing opinions than Will Juwando, who I think means well, but he has just absolutely the worst ego of any of these county council members. Here's a guy who sought opinion. We gave it to him. We gave him questions. Did we get a link to his town hall meeting? Of course not. Of course not. Will Jawando doesn't give a damn what I think. And that's fine, because I don't really give a damn what Will Jawando thinks. Um, and, I mean, he's a guy that you never see up county. He never hardly comes up here. We don't see him around. He has an agenda. He doesn't care what middle-class Gaithersburg residents feel. So, you know, to that, you know, to Will Jawando and others like him, um, there's a movement out there. You better start paying attention to your constituents. You better start paying attention to their issues, whether you disagree with them or not. Because after all, we pay your salaries. Exactly. We fund their salaries. They are in office, and we give them uh, their $137,000 a year, whatever they make. I think it's somewhere up there. And I'm not saying that they're not deserving of that, but you work for us. And you work for us. Exactly. So act like it. Act like that you have a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayers, just like any board member would of a major corporation. Start treating us with the respect that we deserve and stop with the special interests, with the insider politics crap. Start listening to the average Montgomery County citizen. Start listening to the Kimberlin Prasad. Start listening to the, the Kimberly Large miners upstairs who's watching TLC's 90 Day Fiance right now. <laughs> You know, start listening to the Stephen Austin. Start listening to the folks up in Clarksburg, in Damascus, who are horrified that their schools, that uh, that they would allow an incident at Damascus High School. Start listening to the folks in Polesville and Boyd's. That's what, that's what I think people are so... That's what Nine Dishes is about. It's about giving everybody fair and equal representation. Everybody... We're paying taxes here. Everybody deserves a seat at the table. We deserve our voices to be heard, and it's not being done. Well, it's, 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 you, it's time. You are <laughs> – I have so much respect for you. And well, thank you. I do. I really do. And you have an open invitation to join this podcast anytime you want. I will make time. If, if you want to do a podcast every single day – I will open this show up, and I'll tell you why. Number one, I think that you are truly authentic, and I see that, and I think that you have the right goals in mind. You're not a, you're not a political insider. You're somebody who cares about their community and wants representation, and you have the right motivations. And it's pretty easy, and it's pretty quick to, to discern whether somebody is doing something for personal motivations. And I'm sure that... You're not making any money from this because I'm sure you probably lost money. <laughs> not making any money, as my husband likes to remind me. Yeah, well, and and not only that, it takes a lot of time. And 
for that coming on the show tonight and spending an hour and seven minutes with me on oh, a minor yeah. detail podcast. That means a lot to me. It does. By the way, thank you so much. you're welcome. And thank you. Is this, your, I believe, your first podcast? It's my very first podcast. I'm learning so much. <laughs> well, and I'm, remember, remember, vote yes for D. Vote yes on question D. On question D and no on question C. That's tricky. It's, that's, yeah, they made it that way for a reason. They want to keep their jobs. D is in districts. D is in districts. Vote D for districts for all nine of them. And uh, Kimberlyn, you've been a fantastic guest. I do hope let's let's do this again in you know a, a couple of weeks. We'll see where we are. We'll be okay. following what happens. I'll, I'll I'd like to bring you back on. And I'll tell you what. Why don't we get a couple of citizens who support this as well? We'll bring them on. I would love that. I would love that. You're a rock star. Thank you. I mean that. You are. Um, you, you did something. You put your mind down to it, and uh, I just I think you you've got a lot of backing and support in this community. So, but I just want to say, you know, I couldn't have done it without Montgomery County residents. I mean, the the, the people are amazing, and I have the utmost respect for the people in Montgomery County. The utmost respect. They 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 have come out. They have shown support. They, I, they are willing to do whatever it takes to get this across the finish line. And I so much appreciate that. Well, so thank you, Montgomery County. <laughs> thank you. I don't say that often, but yes, thank you, Montgomery County. And by the way, I want to give a shout out. If you want to donate to nine districts for MoCo, you want to go to their website, which is nine, N-I-N-E, districts four, F-O-R, MoCo, M-O-C-O dot O-R-G. And you can click the Donate Now button. Nine Districts for MoCo is a nonpartisan ballot committee registered as a 527 entity with the Maryland Board of Elections. Donations are not tax deductible. You can't write it off. And then you'll also have a Facebook page, which is Nine Districts for MoCo, that you can visit. And like us. Like us, follow you, engage, share. And if you're listening now, Please visit a minor detail on Facebook and you can share this podcast. I know that you will. You will share. Everyone's going to share this podcast across their social media media networks. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we'll bring some greater awareness to the cause and to this movement. And by the way, I don't know who designed your logo, but I really like it. It stands out. Oh yeah, isn't it? She yeah, she's great. I have to get the no. I have a good graphic designer. I'll give you yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You, um, thank you, thank you for what you're doing, and I mean that sincerely. Thank you. I don't often say thank you is enough, but thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy to do this. It's not easy to be the public figure of this, especially in a county that uh, seemingly is opposed to these types of measures or at least the loudest voices. But um, you never know what's going to happen on November the 3rd. You might, I think we're all going to be surprised in a good way. And I think people are going to say, hey, look, enough is enough. We're going to vote this for the nine districts and uh, fundamentally change the way that we do business in Montgomery County. Kimberlyn Prasad, Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Take care. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Kimberlyn Prasad, 
of nine district nine districts for Moco. Visit their website nine districts for Moco org to learn a little bit more about who they are, what they are, what they're doing. Their ballot initiative is ballot initiative D. That's on the ballot this November. So, good discussion with uh, Kimberlyn Prasad, who is the chair of nine districts for Moco. I appreciate you all listening. Tomorrow is my grandparents' 69th wedding anniversary. 69 years. Imagine. I don't even know. I, I can't imagine being married for 69 years. Um, I'm sure my wife is thinking, how could I be married to this guy for two years? But she puts up with me, and thank God she does because she's a, a wonderful person. You can like a Minor Detail podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe to a minor detail. In fact, if you are looking at your computer now, I have one simple small request. Visit the minordetail.com, our website, and then you can click on newsletter and you put your name in there and subscribe to our newsletter. And look, I'm not going to spam you. I send you something once a day or every other day, depend on Depends on the news. And uh, it's good. You'll be informed. And you can listen to these podcasts in perpetuity. We always like a, a strong listenership. And be sure to share this podcast on your personal Facebook page. So if you go to my page, you're watching now, a minor detail, click the share button. Please click the share button and like a minor detail. I'm on Twitter at a minor detail. And you can see up here in the corner, I'm just trying to point to it, uh, it's Ryan R. Minor on Twitter, and I think that's it for social media. I use Instagram every once in a while, but uh, I don't know. Hey, what do you guys think about this new mic? What do you think about this? Is it good? I, I, I'm, I'm testing it out, and I feel I, I cannot leave this podcast because I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. I listen to Howard Stern all the time, every day. My, my wife hates it because, you know, it's Howard Stern, and he's got some... He's got bathroom humor, and I mean, it's just great stuff. He gets some of the best interviews, but I would be remiss if I did not say WNBC. That's for you, for my wife who's listening, who I've said that about 800 times. But if you're watching, I'm just so enthused by this microphone. It's the Neumann TLM 103, and uh, I think it sounds pretty good. You'll have to give me some feedback. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show. I hope you have a successful week. Be safe. Wear your masks. Socially distance. I'm interested to see what happens with Bob Woodward's book. To see what more tapes will come out. That'll be fun and interesting. Aminordetail.com is my website. I'm Ryan Miner. I'm the host of A Minor Detail Podcast. And I am the editor-in-chief at Aminordetail.com. Have a happy week, everybody.